0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz is on the phone lines with me as always. You can read our stories at themichiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. We write a lot more than we podcast. Uh, Be sure to check out all of our stories there. This podcast, we just had a basketball one on Wednesday, and so this one's going to be all football. We're going to answer some reader questions, and then we're going to talk spring risers, and then we're going to talk position group power rankings. It's going to be a lot of stuff. We're going to try to try to operate a little quickly. Anyway, let's get started with some listener questions. Uh, let's start with... Oh, first, Tyler Patterson asked about the um, Blazer testifying that between t- 2010 and 2013, he paid football players at Penn State, Pitt, Notre Dame, Michigan, Alabama, and North Carolina uh, in hopes of that he would become their financial advisor. We're going to table that. We're going to... If, if it's still relevant next week we'll talk about it uh but there's just too many moving parts too much that we don't know uh too much you know you you hate to project or forecast or imply when when you're not quite sure all of the details because there's a good chance it has nothing to do with the team uh has nothing to do with the coaches it could be could be one player or it could be more it could be a, a legit story and I'd hate to dismiss it prematurely and I'd hate to uh, freak out about it prematurely too. So so we'll talk about that next time, but appreciate the question. Uh, anyway, on to Brandon Pisarski, who asked, if Blank has a great season, the Michigan football defense will continue to be top 10. Uh, he thinks that it's going to be Daxton Hill or Ambry Thomas. Uh, big year from either would really balance the good front. So Steve, while you go, I guess I'll, I'll go with, I, I think Ambry and Daxton are probably really good ones. I think I will say Kalik Hudson, and I think he's already going to have a good year, but I think, like, let's say he has 15-plus tackles for loss, because I think Michigan, I really felt like their depth showed this spring, and I think that some of their their, their ability to develop talent showed this spring. I mean, Vincent Gray, Julius Welchoff, uh, some of these guys that were three-star guys that weren't necessarily totally, I mean, some of it's good scouting. Right, I think Michigan, Michigan's board was a little bit more accurate than, than the recruiting services board for for a couple guys, but I think the development and the depth is coming, but they don't have as much top line talent up front that they used to. No Rashawn Gary, no Chase Winovich, no Taco Charlton, no Mo Hurst, no Chris Wormley. You know, I think uh, you've you've talked about how you think Aiden Hutchinson's going to become a star. I know Michigan. Uh, there's been some some rumblings that they really think Quiddy Pay can be a top-line star. You know, and obviously Carlo Kemp is someone that could be a leader, too. But I think Hudson is probably, you know, I'll let you disagree if you'd like, but he's probably the only one that, of, that, of the front seven that I think could be a first-round pick caliber player this fall. And so I think having him be at his best and really reach that level... I think he can do a lot of the stuff Devin Bush can at his best, you know, and take a lot of those those chase down tackles. And he's great in coverage, uh, has had so-so moments in coverage, but generally pretty good in coverage. And I think, I mean, haven't Don Brown's best defense has always had an elite viper. So I think that's a big part of it too. So that, he'd be my guy. I know it's kind of an easy one because he might be one of the leaders of the defense. But I think when he's full steam, I think Michigan's defense is is better so i don't know what say you uh
1: i'm gonna go with uh tough one it's got to be on the interior line uh because i think their ability to slow down the running game is is gonna it always kind of dictates how things go uh i guess we'll just continue the theme of the spring and say that if donovan jeter Hmm lives up to what is kind of building up as some hype. I don't think he's being hyped as like a yeah, like a first-team All-Big Ten type guy or anything like that, uh, but I do think he's being built up into a guy who should contribute at a pretty high level this year. Uh, I think if he does that, it makes a huge difference for them because I think it's not only about having guys up front that can slow down the run, it's about having multiple guys up front that can slow down the run or having a rotation of guys in the middle that can uh, slow down the run game. So, you know, I think he's really important for them. Uh, I think they're set on the edge. Uh, I think the edge actually is one of
0: the, which again we say this despite losing two <laughs> top fifty picks. One, yeah, two, yeah. You know, like in Rashawn
1: Gary Chase, Linnovich will be drafted in the first two rounds of the draft for sure. I would suspect, and uh, you know, like even despite losing those two guys, uh, you know, you talk about Quiddy Pay, you talk about Aiden Hutchinson. Um, like Dan is still has to get to campus. Um, I'm missing somebody who's good, Uche. Yep. You know, so yeah. So like the, the, the concern to me isn't on the edge. Uh, also, the back, the back four, I, I think are going to be solid again this year. Get Daxon Hill on campus, which I agree with the question
0: asker. Yeah, Brandon. Uh, I think I think Ambry and Daxon are sorry. probably the top. Too. we are I was I think those yeah. are solid picks. Like I think I do think if Daxon Hill came in right away and was
1: a big time contributor, it'd make a huge difference for them defensively. Uh, they haven't had a player of his athleticism at that spot uh, that I can remember. Yeah. I'm not counting Jabril, because Jabril played a little bit of, I don't think he's gonna play the exact same way that they or they're not gonna utilize him the same way they utilized Jabril. Jabril's a little bit bigger. Uh, could could kind of walk up into the front seven if they needed him to and then obviously played linebacker the one year so um, you know you add that in the mix and you have a whole yeah you have a lot of really uh, nice tools to work with and stuff so I'm going to go with Jeter because I just I still think big games are one up front and so if he can kind of take a step forward and, and again maybe he, who knows I mean if he continues maybe he wins the job I don't know but if he, even if he doesn't if he plays at a good level I think it'll make a big difference for them now
0: yeah, and I agree with Brandon Ambry. I think it's a big, I mean, you know, if if he can do anything to replace, I mean, the biggest things are how are you going to replace your, the guys that you lost last year. And obviously David Long leaves a big hole. And so if Ambry can be, you know, let's say a third team, all Big Ten type of cornerback, I mean, suddenly it's the same as it's been every single year under Zordich where teams just are not passing against Michigan. Or not, not in the traditional way. Ohio State found ways because they're they're loaded at receiver, and they, they had a great offensive line and the best quarterback in the Big Ten since Drew Brees. You know, so it's so they were able to. But uh, yeah, having two two solid corners would be huge as well for Michigan. Anyway, next question. Uh, let's do let's do a recruiting one real quick. Bryson Jackson says, well, let's stick with the cornerbacks. Why has cornerback recruiting gotten worst rankings wise every year since 2016 um so steve i know you you probably have a lot more to say than i do so I'll, I'll say it real quick you know i think the question is fair in the sense that it doesn't make sense that michigan's able to develop these great cornerbacks and isn't able to just recruit you know every five star top 50 cornerback isn't you know putting Michigan in their top five and so I so I get where you're coming from Bryson and and that it it doesn't make sense but I would say when something doesn't make sense like that and it seems just counter to logic I would say that probably means let's 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 relook at that sentence Michigan can get every cornerback that it wants to get maybe it is maybe Vincent Gray three-star who's in line to start you know and and maybe he was really high on their board Maybe he is someone that they really liked. And and I think, um I mean, where Ambry and Lavert shake out or where David Long shakes out, uh, that's that. But, you know, we've we've talked about it. Michigan's increasingly going after the guys they want to go after rather than the guys the recruiting services rank a little higher. I mean, they've they're getting gems. We'll talk about Spring Risers in a moment, but you know, they're getting gems from under recruited areas. Uh really good scouting reports lately, so I don't know. Steve, your turn. <laughs> I mean it's 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 not really
1: accurate though. So like if you're comparing it to Long and, and Hill, um, you know, Long is the highest ranked cornerback that they have signed under Harbaugh. I think he was like in the sixties somewhere. Mm-hmm. But but Ambry was ranked higher than Levert. Uh, Sims was a top one you know, was hundred and seventieth in the country.
0: Um, oh, that's that's that getting really lower. <laughs> well, it's like I, I, I guess I don't, you
1: know, my my thing with them at cornerback is like they've, like, whether the guy is ranked highly or not, they have more often than not hit on at least one guy, which, again, it, it varies each class with, with guys that they take, but they've hit on at least, like, one or two of the top, top guys, like the guys that they were high on from the very, very – beginning Mm -hmm. uh you know you look at 18 i guess i I get it gray's actually the exception there he was not a guy that they recruited early and often he was more of a late bloomer who i think if they re-ranked again probably would have ended up a lot higher because i mean michigan was not the only program that went hard after him at the end uh penn state oregon ucla uh his recruitment was starting to go kind of national Mm -hmm. uh but michigan swooped in kind of and swiped him you know, I think I think he was committed to Missouri for for a little bit at first who by the way Missouri is has a great track record of finding good defensive backs so uh, but no 18 jamon Green was a top guy for them from day one he's just a ranking state at 88 the whole time you know we'll see if he pans out or not but it's it's a deal where it's like that was a guy that they wanted from the beginning this was not a hey we missed on you know, five-star from Trinity Christian, you know, in Jacksonville, and we had to settle. Like, this was a – he was a kid they wanted the entire cycle. Same thing with DJ Turner in 2019. You know, it's like I've compared those two guys constantly as being guys who may have been underranked. If Michigan's pursuit of them is any indication that they were underranked, you know, because Turner, again, was a guy that they recruited immediately when they were able to start recruiting the 2019 kids – uh, he's a guy they offered incredibly early. He's a guy that they stayed on, and he's a guy that they would eventually, obviously, get the commitment and then sign. So, um, but even within that, though, uh, you know, even Jalen Perry was a top, the top 200 guy. Um, so I don't know if the, if the question is why haven't they signed another guy who's ranked as high as David Long was? Because otherwise, like, it's pretty interchangeable as far as the rankings go. Uh, really the thing is is that some of the higher ranked guys are the ones that haven't panned out mm-hmm. with Sims you know who's now gone and I think I'm looking at 17 well St. Juice we had him as like number, I think the 100th ranked player right around the top 100 um, composite was lower on him and that didn't work out for what appear to be like medical reasons right so I don't know really what stock you can put into, into that you know but otherwise it's a uh, Like the variance in ranking of the kids that they've recruited at cornerback has kind of stayed pretty constant. I mean, they've gotten a lot of guys from that like one, that 100 to 220 range. uh, And then you sprinkle in a few three stars, uh, all of which have either A, either looked to be panning out or were guys that they wanted from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, You could throw Andre Seldon in there. They took a commitment from him right away. He's a four star, but we have him as a three star. I do not think he will stick as a three star. I think he's a four star player, and I actually think he's going to be a really good college player. Um, he's kind of one of those guys I think we'll look back on one day because every time he goes to a camp, he's awesome. And I think he's one of those guys we're going to look back on and say, yeah, I probably should have ranked him higher, you know, because he's just the guy's got some amazing coverage ability. But anyway, you know, so that's that's yeah. I mean, they've taken a few three stars, but the ones that they had taken, like I said, are guys that they uh, like from the beginning. You know, otherwise, like I said, besides David Long, uh, you know, and then and Thomas, who's just a below one hundred. You know, the majority of them have been like ranked between. They've been in the top twenty four seven. You know, outside yeah. of those couple three stars that, like I said, they were offered in on committed and signed, uh, not not last-ditch. You know, it's funny, Corner's been one of the few positions where I don't feel like they've had to work that far down their board hmm. in any cycle. You know, it's like, yeah, there are guys that maybe didn't commit to Michigan that Michigan would have taken, but but as far as, like, guys that, like, you know, like with the top target list I keep track of, Jamon Green, DJ Turner, like, those guys were there on, on the top target list immediately, well before they committed to Michigan, well before – you know so um yeah i don't know, you know it was, I, it was kind yeah. of an odd question but a good a good way to talk that and to maybe say that their cornerback recruiting is an odd position to choose to uh maybe criticize
0: yeah i mean their
1: recruiting and maybe it wasn't a criticism i don't know maybe it was just a curiosity question i just don't i, I think you look at the like the variance, I don't really think it's it's that large. And I always, again, one real, one last thing, like I said, about 18 to 18 cycle was a class where they felt comfortable taking guys that might take a little bit longer to get there. I mean, that's that was something we were told on signing day 2017, uh, that they felt good about the 16 and 17 classes as a great foundation to build the program around and that they built depth, which again, we're seeing that this year where there is depth at almost every position to where these eight the eight some of the 18 guys who may have seemed like bigger risks at the time would be allowed a little more leeway as far as growth and, and and the time it would take for them to grow
0: because of the depth that they would be trying to build in 16 and 17. Okay. I think you answered that one thorough, thoroughly. <laughs> no, I yeah. and and I get it, you know, it's easy to look at the rankings and wonder what's up, so uh, as Steve explained it's kind of it the rankings matter otherwise we wouldn't do them, but there's also something to be said for... we never deny that.
1: we never deny that they, that, you know, we're not, uh, my thing is, is there still has to be context. Mm -hmm. You know, when a guy does not fit the ranking or rating that people equate with national championships, there still has to be context in some of these verbals. Now, they've taken verbals that I don't agree with before, right? But, well, by and large, uh, We've talked about this before too. Their evaluations, especially in nineteen, was really a big one as far as you know. Their evaluations really seemed to pan out, and the recruiting services were actually behind Michigan as far as like Michigan seemed to be ahead
0: on a ton of guys that they ended up taking. Yeah, and then and then we talk we look at how the spring that Sainer still had, the spring that Eric All looks like he had. You know, and, you know, so. Well, hold, th- hold those thoughts real quick because we're going to get to that in a moment. We have one more question. Uh, we'll take this one from QED, QED, QED. He says, can you weigh in on Brown's statement from this press conference last week? Brown spoke to close up spring practice that he will use more slash different players and specialized packages this year compared to the sa- to the same similar personnel, regardless of package last year. So, yeah, for those that missed it, Brown really talked about the versatility he has with this year's group. Um, I think QED, QED, QED is trying to find out what's different because it was a lot of the same people. I think you just have more refined players who are versatile. So like Josh Uche, you can play him at defensive end, you can play him at Sam Linebacker. And I think um, Jordan Glasgow is someone that you can play Safety. You can play Viper. You can play at a lot of different places. You have, um, you know, Brad Hawkins is a little bit more experienced in that nickel package. Um, I'm trying to think if there's if there, if there was another guy that Brown mentioned. basically, he said he was talking about how you can do a lot of different things, and it almost seemed like he was like a mad scientist who like finally got all the ingredients he wanted when he was talking. I mean, just you can just tell he's feeling like he can be creative with this defense. Because you can do a three, three, three man front. You can do a four man front. You could do. You could have five linebackers on the field. You could have. Um, you know, you could do Vipers. You could do Sam's. You could do. I mean, you could probably invent positions for some of these guys. You know, we'll see. I think down the road, Michael Barrett is someone. I mean, I don't know what position or what what role he's going to play, but he can do a lot of different things. So um, that's kind of what I read it as. Is I think. I think it's really comes down to the Uche's, Glasgow, Hudson, Hawkins. You know, Daxton Hill's probably someone that you could put him anywhere, and and he'd, he'd give you some versatility. I'm um, trying to think if there was another, but you know, and Metellus is another guy. It's like you can have him do different things because he's about to enter his third year as a starter. So, so I think I think Michigan's defense gets to be more versatile this year. Uh, that'd be my stance, and I think, I think Brown's going to be able to, and with more junior seniors than sophomore juniors like last year, I think he's going to be able to really mix things up, and, and and the team will be able to follow it, because it's one thing to have versatile players, another thing to have, to be able to coach it and have them do their assignments correctly. So I think that's what he was referring to. Steve, any anything to add there? Not
1: really. I think you pretty much have it okay. uh, they have a wider variety of different players with different skill sets um, you know he's he's shown a, an ability to adapt and, and be versatile and you know creating as many different packages as he can especially in the front seven is kind of how he's made his way and so um, you know there's no reason for him not to try to mix it up as much as possible yeah especially you talk about the edge type backers though it's like they have a lot of different looks that they can give guys this year so um yeah i don't i don't think there's any reason not to take that approach uh if you have guys that are like you know could be a deal if you have six linebackers that are good enough to play and instead of playing three of them and having three sit the bench all day is you maybe try to find some different looks that you can give defenses using the six of them. And the fifth. this is an example, obviously, that you get what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. uh, that's the that's, uh, that's route I, I would take. I think it's the right way to go. I think it'll create more confusion for opposing offenses. And like I said, it'll get – you do that. You can kill
0: two birds with one stone. You can get some of these guys who haven't maybe played a ton, get them some valuable experience and some real – Real game situations too for the future. Yeah, no, absolutely, and um, yeah, I mean, the more different ways you can win, the usually the better off you'll be because you are going to face right. different types right. of teams, and and I think it's you a know. good it's a good question with a pretty basic answer, I guess, right? Isn't it? I mean, it, mm-hmm. I I understand why the question is asked, and I think it's a good question, but I also don't I don't think the answer to it is really that complicated, right? Yeah, agreed. Anyway, um, thank you for the questions. We're going to move on to some of the stuff that, that we were planning on talking about. So spring risers, I did a list, top 10 spring risers. I also included little snippets on five guys who missed, who just missed the cut. Usually it was guys who um, have already played a lot or there was no way to, count, to quantify it, so I couldn't really do it. Um, had quotes about all the players too if you're interested over at the Michigan Insider at michigan.247sports.com. Uh, Steve, you met you read the list and I know you mentioned seven defensive players. Um, some of that's the nature of there are open spots, but I think at some of the key positions, I feel like Michigan had guys answer the bell this spring. You know, I think cornerback being the big one Vincent Gray and Ambry Thomas were in my top four. Um, you know I think Donovan Jeter obviously he was number two. I think he's a huge one because they really needed him to step up. You know, Julius Welshoff sneaking in there at defensive end. He was, I think I think he was eight on the list. So, I don't know, yeah. your thoughts on, on some of the lists and some of the risers?
1: I completely agree in that if you could put a list of ten guys together that, um, and I don't disagree with any of these. I don't think this is forced or, uh, you know, I think this is a very sound list of ten guys. There are probably seven or eight names on this list that I think going into the spring that you would have hoped to have seen these guys on that list. I think it probably is like the defensive guys, too. Although I do think having Ronnie Bell on there, who I think was one of the better players in the spring game, uh, or I don't, not a game, whatever it is, a uh, the thing they do publicly, uh, is is a great sign for them, too. Uh, as sort of another change. You know, obviously Sayre is still number one, but to have as many of those types of weapons as you can uh, because they should be so good on the outside, you know. Is uh, best case scenario we talked about a couple weeks ago is Jordan Anthony. You know, I think that's great. That's a big, big deal for Michigan that he's a guy that is maybe taking some steps forward, not just on the field, but in the eyes of the staff. And um, you know, he's a guy we've written about a couple times this off season already. as a guy that the staff was hoping, you know, would, would come into spring ball and, and and maybe take a step forward him in you know he's a guy that I think that uh they threw so much at him so early you know I think that that's maybe been the biggest hurdle for him is is you know I know he's a little undersized to play the safety spot I think and and um but but as a guy I feel like if if he can get on the field and make an impact I mean he's a he's a born leader type kid um you know, can be a guy in the slot for them. So to see him on their list is also big. And then Welshoff too. Mm-hmm. You know, if he that's and that's the thing. Those it's those types of guys. Like if a guy like Welshoff shows up in in August and September and can give them some like legit snaps, you're, all of a sudden you could make the argument that their their D line might be deeper from top to bottom this year than it was last year. If a guy again that he has to take a real step forwards, right, not, right played in garbage time or anything like that. But if he's a guy that can contribute, you know, in, in close games or, or in, like, high-pressure situations, then, I mean, then you're looking, you're feeling really good about what they can do defensively. So, um, and, yeah, you're right, though. Like, the, it is going to be hard to slot, like, because so many of the spots offensively are kind of either, they're either filled or the is so close that you would really have a hard time choosing. Like for at right tackle, it's like, mm-hmm. how do you really choose one of those two guys over the other when it just looks like it's a 50-50 race, you know, at that spot?
0: So yeah. Um, well, and like the offensive so, line, because I think you mentioned you might have thrown Michael and Wainu in there. Yeah, and he's the one guy. Every that I in there. every time they mentioned the offensive line, it was just like, yep, good. You know, it was like very interesting. And we'll talk about position group power rankings in a second, but it was like there was like very little to be said about the offensive line. It was just kind of like, yep, everything's going well. <laughs> they're, they're just as good. You know, it, it was, it was fascinating. Right. And, and like, you know, what oh, are they going to say? Yeah. Shea Patterson was a big riser. Like, I'm sure he got better this right. spring, but like it, he can't make that list. And I think Sean McCune is someone I was tempted to put in the top. ten I think I had him in my initial top 10 because it sounds like he took a big step forward. I mean, it was interesting. I just reread Sharon Moore's press conference, uh, earlier today and it was like every question he like redirected it to sean's growth like it was very clear he wanted that to be known um or or it was just on the top of his head uh so that's that's you know who knows we'll see but he's he's played a lot like he started two years ago so hard to say he's a he's a riser necessarily but um yeah it was kind of fun putting the list together and Uh, do have the quotes there if you want to hear instead of from Steve and me the people who've actually been in practices and are involved with the team uh, there's quotes about all those guys and obviously Mike Sainer still was number one you know I don't even I don't even think that's worth teasing like he just was so heavily praised and and just sounds like he's gonna just kind of fits them like a glove gives them something that they need at, at the receiver position and so him and Ronnie Bell, and I actually put Oliver Martin in the guys who just missed the cut, so that's, that slot position battle will be interesting this fall, but got a hunch, and Giles Jackson will en- enter the mix in some capacity, too. Got a hunch they'll find a way to use everybody. So, um, and, yeah, so
1: senior still um still, you know, like a guy that people talk about, you know, hype up these guys, like. He's a guy that right away we were like, he should be ranked higher. Hmm. And he's a guy that Michigan wanted from the beginning. Matter of fact, when we had to do that, I think we did sleepers in the class, like a, our superlatives, mm-hmm. which now that I actually think about it, I think that we actually still have a draft that never got published of our recruiting class superlatives. Now that that's kind of funny. Did um, I, was I a part of that? No, I think it might have been just Bryce. And myself, oh. I think <laughs> I I'd have to go back and look. But he was a guy who we didn't even qualify. Wouldn't even though he was an eighty-eight ranking, eighty-seven in the composite. That we were so felt so strongly about him that we didn't even count him as a potential sleeper. That he wasn't a good enough pick as a sleeper, even though he was one of the. Uh, I don't know how low he was comparatively? He was one of the lower ranked. He was the second-lowest-ranked early enrollee, and... Oh, yeah, I mean, he's one of the bottom six or seven guys ranked in the class, which ended up being... What? 26 people? You know, I mean, he's one of the five or six lowest-ranked guys in the entire class, and we still felt so strongly about him that we didn't even... Would not include him as far as as one of the sleepers, because we always felt so good about uh, him being a guy. Now I don't think anybody thought He'd walk right in and right. I mean now you, you fully expect him to he, I mean he could be on the field in the first snap of the year, you know, at this point, who knows? Um, but you know, so uh so yeah, no, I don't know where we were going with this, but
0: he uh He's gotten you know, more he, he praise doesn't... than than anyone I can remember. Um in yeah. some yeah, of it he has I think
1: it's it's surpassed the Chris Evans
0: Mike for praise. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and some of it was prompted, of course, but it was. Here's here's a way to know that it's that it's legit is that the all we got all three quarterbacks were made available um after the spring game and they were asked about you know how the receivers position has looked with Collins and Peoples Jones out with injury. All three of them, Saner still was not mentioned. All three of them brought him up, and so I think you know I I trust the quarterbacks. Uh, viewpoint a little bit because obviously everyone can be like oh that guy's fast but the quarterbacks can kind of tell who who they like throwing to and I think for all three of them to bring him up unprompted Milton might not have actually but McCaffrey and Patterson did Uh, that that says what you need to know he's someone that they like throwing to so um, I know I projected him to actually be the starter uh, alongside Collins and Peoples-Jones putting him in a traditional slot I mean I think Tariq Black might beat them out if they decide to go three wide but um, yeah, a lot of praise there let's let's transition uh, now to the position group power rankings because we've talked about the risers but some position groups I think really rose uh, and, and this is also a story I did uh, ranking Michigan's position groups and I also did, just, in, just because rankings are s- sort of relative to everyone else I did stock up or stock down or stock even uh, all ten groups um, I put receiver number one. I don't think that's even close. You know, I think think the fact that they they just added Samer still and Bell looks better and and you know they 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 have all of these pieces even with Collins and Peoples Jones out. Hard not to feel really good about Michigan's receiving group. Uh, and then I moved offensive line up to number two. Just kind of what I mentioned. I mean, very business as usual for them, which is. Complete contrast to last season whether that was like the main discussion point all spring is will they have a good offensive line? Now it's like, yeah, they have one. Next question. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to look at the list, but uh, I thought defensive line, I think I moved them up three or four spots, and I think I moved the linebackers up three or four spots. I thought those were the groups that, that proved the most to me this spring.
1: Wait, linebacker and who? Joe? Defensive line. Yeah, no, I was, that's what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, you definitely got to feel better about the linebackers for sure. And, again, that's – again, we don't know. I don't know if they, I don't think there are, are any instant impact guys uh, come enrolling uh, this summer at the linebacker spot. But I guess you, know, you also – you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just uh, linebacker, I think, again, you look at – like I said, you go down the list of – Players that needed to step up, or that if you could write a list that you'd be excited about, you know, and the the risers were pretty much those guys. Yeah, uh, I think that's the same way as linebacker is as a position because, well, just because of what you lost. I mean, Bush is a possible top ten guy now. I mean, you lost one of the best linebackers Michigan's ever had. Right. Um, so to know that, you know, they've had multiple guys step up there. You got to go back to Jordan Anthony with Josh Ross kind of fighting some minor stuff. Um, Hudson do for a bounce back uh, potentially big bounce back or what did we call it a bounce forward because he will bounce when he bounces back he'll bounce higher than where he ended 2017 right? <laughs> so what, didn't, we, didn't we invent a phrase for that because it's if he bounced back then you'd say he bounced back to where he was but I think he can be better than what he was at the end of 2017 I got meaning you. that he is do for a bounce forward uh, or a
0: bounce higher uh, so, you know, I think, yeah, having linebackers have a solid spring was, was a necessity. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, like I said, Jordan Anthony, Hudson especially, uh, Devin Gill, we'll see how legit that is. But if he's still starting, if he's able to hold off McGrone or uh, hold off whoever, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that'd be, a, you got to say that's a good thing,
1: uh, you know, unless or I don't know maybe not I don't maybe it means that nobody really uh but but for Don Brown to say that Gill's gotten faster when I think that was the big knock on him last year you know and, and again Gill was not a year one type guy you know it was never a guy who was going to come in and play right away or make an immediate impact he was going to be more of a long-term type situation and uh may have had to play a little prematurely last year at points and uh you know, so we'll see if he's gotten better or not. I think that's when I'm kind of wait to uh, believe it. when I Not believe it when I see it, but i will just kind of in wait-and-see mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then on the, on the defensive line, then, yeah. I mean, obviously, like I said, we talk a lot about Donovan Jeter, and I think that's where it kind of starts. Uh, guys on the edge, not a surprise. Uh, with Pay Hutchinson, Dana not there yet. But, yeah, those two positions I thought were pivotal. Um, and it sounds like, the, again, the early returns are good, and I know all we keep saying are good things about everything, but, you know, that's kind of the,
0: I don't know. I mean, it's... It is kind of the nature of spring ball, like, too.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but pl- 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 players get better. Yeah. I mean, that, it's just a, it's not a, you know, um, it shouldn't surprise anybody.
0: Yeah. Well, and the team is good. Like, I think there's this, you know, I think Michigan fans, and maybe, maybe this is true at a lot of schools, but it's like the team's going to win in all likelihood, at least 10 games, maybe more like it's going to go down as one of the better Michigan teams you'll come across in the last, let's say the modern era. So since 1990 or since 2000, I mean, it's going to be a good team. So that's part of it too. Is like, I, it, we, we say like, Oh, this group looks really good. This group looks really good. Um, yeah, the team looks really good. <laughs> you know, it's, are, are they, you know, I think it would be. I would be very surprised if they weren't a top fifteen team this year. So you know, I think I think a lot of people would be surprised. That's not just a that's not just a me opinion. Um, I will say though, I did I did have two position groups who I put the stock down for. Uh, running back, I just I mean you know we've talked about it. Charbonnet and Turner very routine, expected, fine injuries. But it was kind of a reminder of how how thin that group is you know that that if suddenly if you lose them it's true wilson and a lot of people who have never done it before and so i mean you know their their only scholarship running back in the spring game was ben van sumeren who was a high school tight end and a fullback last year and I, and we talked about him last week i think that there are, he looks pretty natural as a running back but that is a that's a that's a thin group and, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I think the Chris Evans appeal is supposed to be decided upon in May. Uh, I would assume early May, end of the semester. But that would obviously give the group a big a big boost. But they were number 10. They were 10 before the spring. They were 10 after the spring. Uh, and injuries, though not concerning, didn't help. You know, they, those are reps that they didn't get. And then the other group I had as a stock down, despite having two of our top four risers, was cornerback just because they lost, you know? And I think both losses they'll they'll get over, right? St. Juice and Sims, um, you know, that's two get top two hundred recruits who are no longer with the group. So the group, I mean, there is more pressure on Vincent Gray and Ambry Thomas and Lavert Hill, of course. They have more pressure to produce. You know, it's a thinner group. It kind of reminds me of receiver last year when when they lost. What Crawford and McDoom, you know, I don't think either guy was projected to start, but suddenly, the group is going to have to show up. And and to the receivers' credit, they did. You know, Peoples, Jones, and Collins really showed up and and delivered. Um, you know, almost making people forget about Crawford and McDoom. So, uh, you know, same thing has to happen for the cornerbacks because suddenly, their next best guy is. You know, not that we just talked about the recruiting stars at cornerback don't really matter, but Their next best guy is going to be Javon Green or um, Hunter Reynolds or I'm not even sure who else, uh, Jalen Perry or DJ Turner. DJ Turner,
1: depending on how he looks coming in, yeah.
0: And I think those those guys are really green. Uh, No pun intended for Javon Green, but, I mean, these guys are. Kelly Powell could be. Oh, you know what, you know what, yep, yep. I totally forgot about him, but still, I put the group ninth. More to do with the other position groups, um, than yeah, necessarily. Well, somebody's got to be at the bottom. I mean, right? It's not, you know, like, <laughs> like can't—they're not all going to tie. You know, like it can't, it can't do it that way. So, so, but yeah, I mean, losing two four-star guys is losing two four-star guys. You know, it—it's significant. If they lost it at other positions, their stock would be down too. But. Yeah, I mean, is there any any other ranking in there that you disagreed with or, or had any thoughts on? I didn't know what to. I put tight end seven. They were eight before the spring. Wasn't really there's sure just, what to do. Just, yeah,
1: a lot of them are. They, a lot of them are close though. Mm-hmm. Right, like, and that's so. It's it's like, how could I? You'd have had to do something that was like way out of whack for me to
0: really disagree <laughs> because the
1: argument for pretty much all of these is you could make it pretty easily. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like you could probably. I know wide receiver is a deeper position, but you could probably argue that quarterback could have been the top, I guess, if you really want to split hairs, just because one through three hmm. definitely
0: the best, especially with Baldwin heading out at Ohio State. Uh, hard not to say Michigan easily has the best quarterback room in the, in the conference. And you don't think that's true country. at receiver? I mean, who? What? You don't think that's true at receiver?
1: I do i okay. just think the i think the argument's there at quarterback i was i'm was just trying to like split hairs a little I bit gotcha. the hell of it and say like you know maybe uh or maybe quarterback but i would no i mean i would take receiver number one too mm-hmm. uh, just saying like you know i i think within the conference i mean they they should, they have the best at both those positions uh might not be that close is as crazy as that sounds i guess i don't know i mean
0: well, OSU's Ohio got they receivers. Receiver. I mean, they've, they've got uh, KJ Hill. I mean, Chris Olav is not even like one of their top true, guys, and he torched true. Michigan. So, so they're probably good. Yeah. But, but I always look at like what what's compared to the country. Michigan will have sure. a top twenty-five receiver room, top twenty-five quarterback room, top twenty-five offensive line, uh, probably top twenty-five special teams. You know, we'll see about the rest of the positions, but they're in. They're in business in their in their passing offense for sure. Right.
1: So agreed. Yep. I was like I said I think you're splitting hairs, you know, and I just try to argue for the heck of it. Just throw
0: something <laughs> out there. But, but I do
1: think I guess though it's it's maybe it's really only right there at the top. I think one and two has to be wide receiver quarterback in some order and then offensive line.
0: After that I think it gets a little murkier, right? Mhm. I put O line I mean, ahead just, of quarterback, don't, but
1: don't we fully agree? I mean, the, the, the top three units on this team heading into the summer are quarterback, wide receiver, offensive line in some Yep. Or...
0: Yep. Okay. And I think you know about spe- enough. We know enough about special teams to put them four because that's what I did. Um, right. But then everything oh, else. Special
1: teams in there too, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. So then, yeah, there's still those the top four for
0: sure. Yep. And then the rest, too many, too many new players, new pieces that we don't know enough about. Uh, I agree. looking at the clock we can we can call it a day uh, thank you to Steve Lorenz I'm Zach Shaw check out all of our stories at themichiganinsider.com 247sports.com or michigan.247sports.com whichever however you want to get there hopefully by now if you're listening uh, you figured out how to get there but regardless this has been the Wolverine 24-7 podcast hope you had fun, hope you learned something and we'll see you next time